0: All right, everybody, it is Wednesday night, October 26, 2022, almost Halloween. We are almost there, inching ever so close to my favorite holiday of the year. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the Chairshot Radio Network. You can find us on thechairshot.com. I'm going to go around the room and introduce this interesting cast of characters we have with us here tonight. First, a man hailing from the Purple Haze and Cloud Nine. A man destined <laughs> to go through a barbershop shop window. Bucky's tag team partner, Jason. How are you doing, sir?
1: Friends, how are we?
0: Oh, we are. We are hanging in there, buddy. Ready for a ready for another fun episode this week. Awesome. And longtime co-host from the Rob the Genius podcast, the Minister of Truth, the Deacon of Data, the Father of Facts and Figures, the Shoot Bear of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> The man with the golden shovel, Mr. Rob. How you doing tonight, Bubble?
2: <laughs> All right. And we're gonna we're gonna get somebody tonight too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Rob has the shovel shined up and ready to go tonight. And I think
2: I was, I think, I was I gonna say gonna he's
1: he's got the, you know, he's got a little checklist that he's working his way down. And I think we're on our next victim today.
0: Rob is checking off the boxes week after week after week, and tonight. Another one falls at his feet. (laughs) So we have got a lot to talk about tonight. We're going to kick off the show talking about Halloween Havoc. The NXT pay-per-view was this past Saturday. Uh, I've got some thoughts about the pay-per-view in general. And I'm going to shoot right out of the box and say this was not one of my more favorite overall. Like overall, it was not one of my favorite NXT pay-per-views. There were moments in it that I thought were incredible. There were spots in there that, you know, I popped for. Um, a couple spots that just for me as fans of certain people on the card emotionally hit the right notes for me, but in general i I don't know they just is, I won't say it was a miss, but it wasn't a home run for me either. Jason, what about you? Uh, I'll agree with that it kind of I don't regret watching the show obviously
1: and but it was definitely one of those shows that felt like a really, really good nXT. Like one of those, you know. Hey, we're we're calling this one the great, like, Great American Bash or whatever they they uh they do. So it felt like one of those. Like you, the, there were some high spots for sure, and the whole vibe of the thing was really cool. The Halloween theme obviously would kick ass. Um, everything looked great. So yeah, it was it was a show that happened, and again, and as we're gonna get into with the card, I don't think anything like earth shattering happened in terms of um i mean we have a we fi- have a north american champion again but other than that you know same old same old
0: rob what about you sir
2: um yeah i'm kind of in you guys same boat there was some there was some stuff i thought was very good and there are some things that i will probably never watch again if i watch the show again I'll there's stuff i'll probably just will skip over and thankfully it was in the middle of the show so i can just <laughs> skip right back, you know um but yeah it was um i guess it wasn't the best um but it, it definitely has some bright spots
0: yeah all right well why don't we go match by match down the card and uh, give our thoughts and kind of pick some things apart here I'm gonna start off they kicked off the show with what for me ended up being the match of the night for the north american title the ladder match. Uh, We had Nathan Frazier, Wesley, Carmelo Hayes, Von Wagner, and Oro Mensa, which uh, most of us are still being introduced to, um, duking it out in what ended up being one hell of a good ladder match uh, for the North American Championship. And Rob mentioned a couple weeks ago, these ladder matches can go one of two ways. They can either feel like a spot fest or they can feel like a fight that involved ladders. And I think this one was the best mix of all of that. Like there were definitely some times in there where, you know, it felt like they're, they're setting things up just for the next spot. But then there were genuinely some times in there where it felt like these guys are trying to win a competitive match. Um, Jason, just just your thoughts in general on that match.
1: Uh, it was – you took the words right out of my mouth. They did the best of both worlds just in terms of a lot of the mat wrestling and the strategy of – the ladder and the placement thereof and knocking it down and, okay, now set it up over here and et cetera, et cetera. The movement of that all felt logical. Um, Nobody just went and got a ladder for, you know, and then, like, set it up on the announce table or something stupid. Um, They Everything, it felt like a real fight that the objective was to get to the top. So, and yeah, they had just enough spots you know, where okay, if you have Carmelo Hayes and Nathan Frazier, and Wes Lee, in a match, and then nothing against Oro because I just don't know enough about him um, and I haven't seen him wrestle enough. But you have those three guys, and you know Oro is Oro is very capable, and Von Wagner, whatever I may think of the dude, when the bell rings, the guy's capable. So you have those guys in the in that match. Yeah, I want to see a couple of crazy, ridiculous spots over the ropes and over the ladder, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And we got those. And it was a lot, a lot of fun. And in the end, right man won. So hats off
2: to that match. That was a perfect, perfect way to kick off the show.
0: Rob, what about you, sir?
2: Well, we're talking about spots. Well, this was the brightest spot of the show, in my opinion. Like I said, it was the match of the night. And and I agree with what y'all were saying about being the right mix of spots versus actually trying to fight. And um no, I, I picked Frazier to win, you know, uh, going in, but I think Wes is absolutely a right choice to win that. And because look, they had the story set up, especially if you remember um, a month or so ago, uh, Carmelo and a Trick beat him up in the locker room to take him out of the match that he was supposed to have that night. And so I think he he was I think he was a right choice you could have gone several ways and i think it would have been fine as far as the winner i think uh west was definitely a, a correct choice and like yeah there, there were some crazy spots and for me though i the, the best way to sum this all right there was one where carmelo was on the second rope and then fraser jumped up there and did like a spanish fly off the second rope
0: that was incredible onto the ladder and it yeah. was like Perfectly executed, and, which is my god.
2: And and that's
0: yeah, really stuck out to me
2: that. because, like, of course, that's one of those spots. Yes, on paper, it's dumb and ridiculous, but yeah. the key if you, if you're going to do the dumb, ridiculous thing that doesn't is not really necessary, then you need to execute it right, and also you need to execute it fast because he he got up there, he grabbed him, and they did the flip. They did it like boom 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 and that way when you do that even though again it's a ridiculous unnecessary move that's the difference between the move looking like that's the difference between oh that was really cool and oh what do you do that for yeah um
1: i didn't know what he was trying to pull off until they had sprung off the ropes so like so they had done it that quickly and that suddenly and that smoothly that i was like what does he even have oh a spanish fly holy crap um yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, sorry i just had to get in there because oh, no that is no, it, one of my favorite spots of the night oh they yeah, just I mean, smoked it
2: and again you got to do that stuff fast you cannot take 30 seconds to climb up the ropes so everybody can see the two of you hooking each other's arms and it, then jumping backwards
1: rob wait, it literally looks no. like it literally looked like when you get someone with a grab move in a fighting game yeah like you just yep. get close, your arms make a certain motion, and then all of a sudden the animation starts and you don't have to do anything. Yep. And yep. and that's exactly how it looked. It just was like P hit X and A at the same time and boom, we were Spanish flying.
0: We went right, right into
1: the cutscene.
2: Right. And if, yep. if you're gonna if you're gonna do that move during a match, that's how you need to do it. And um oh another thing, well, it's like really obvious after about 30 seconds, who you know, uh who trained uh, Frasier. <laughs> me yeah. I mean, he's one of the most obvious tales as far as who trained him. Yep. <laughs> Dude, they, they move the same. They
1: yes. sell the same. They yes. emote the same. It's so funny.
0: Yeah, yes. I'm just sitting there watching Frazier, and I'm like, my God, that's that's him. Yeah. I, that's going to be him in, like... Yes. Now, another spot of the night for me came from a guy who, quite frankly, I could have cared less about in this match. That was Von Wagner, and that's when he yeeted Wesley. Oh right
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The onto the announce table, and honestly, man, I thought I was—I've been pulling for Wesley like since like his personal stuff, and you know all the involvement and everything that happened there. I've been rooting for this guy as a solo competitor since they brought him back in, and he cut that first promo. Um, but when he got yeeted, man, I'm like, oh, this dude, I got to pick another winner because he's done for the night. <laughs> <laughs> it was like one of those commentary things like what Jerry Lawler used to do back in the day. Jerry, who you got tonight? He's like, oh, I've got uh I've got William Regal tonight. William Regal's getting his ass kicked. He's like, well, uh, I've got the rock tonight. Well, no, 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 I've got Regal again. That was that was me on Saturday night with my with my picks for, <laughs> for the latter
1: match. I nice. just wanted to know. And
0: then I was like, all right, well, maybe they're just gonna stick with Carmelo because West just got tossed into oblivion.
1: I just want to note for everyone listening, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, no, we're not those, those, you know, nerdy wrestling fans. If you didn't know, Nathan Frazier was t- uh, trained by Seth Rollins.
0: Yes. Uh- <laughs> Black and Brave is the name of the school, isn't it? Correct. Yes. Yeah, Black yes. and Brave. Yeah. Yeah, all in all, I, the right guy won. I'm so happy for Wesley. This guy has just been killing it, not only in the ring, but on the mic. And, you know, when they were, you know, doing the – just the tag team things. I really had no real good feel as to whether or not either one of those guys was going to be a breakout star. Th- those doubts have all been squashed as of Saturday night. The guy is one hundred percent cooking.
2: Yeah, and um, again, like I you know, I don't do the "you deserve it" thing very often. Um, that guy has been through a lot. His, I mean, his I partner got released, good. and. You know, because he was stupid, basically, and West was just out there. He was out there, just left on his own. Um, he, you know, it's. I mean, look, I was worried for the man. I thought that, you know, that he was just going to be a victim of circumstance. You know, just hey, man, you know, sorry that your partner's an idiot, but we don't have nothing for you right now. We don't really don't have anything for you because we had figured on both of you, be, both of you being here and. You know, I I really thought that that might happen to him. He might just, you know, the you know, wrong place, wrong time, and you know.
0: Yeah, kudos uh, to Sean and NXT for finding a lane for that guy pretty quickly.
2: Oh yeah, that, that yeah that is to their credit. They said <laughs> that They found something for him because they really they could have just left him hanging, and you know, and just you know, quietly you know let him go later on in the year. And they didn't do that. And again, they, and except so they found him something to do. And yeah. They didn't just like have him, you know, jobbing out for the rest of the year or something.
0: No, they shoved, they slotted him in for something and just kept right on moving, man. And that's awesome.
2: Yeah. Awesome and, for him yeah. and
0: awesome for the product.
2: Yeah. And he stepped in and, you know, and, you know, because he wasn't, he was put in a spot he was not ready for or he was not thinking he was going to have to occupy. And he know, had to shift
0: gears very quickly.
2: Yeah. 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 He had to shift. He had to go from, you know, Point A to point Z, and he had to do it fast because had he failed to adapt, as understandable as it would have been if he did, if he had failed to adapt, then he'd been out of there. Uh,
0: yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: All right. Well, let's move on down the card to a match that I, there's a part of me that feels bad for saying this because there were aspects of the match that I enjoyed. This ended up being one of the low points of the match to me. Grayson Waller versus Apollo Cruz in quite frankly, an unnecessary. Casket match. Um, neither one of these guys has any type of spooky gimmick. And I get it, it's it's a Halloween-themed pay-per-view. So you've got to have some type of gimmicked up thing. For me, I enjoyed the wrestling. Like the wrestling spots in that match were really good. Everything involving the casket sucked. Like it, these two guys had no business dinking around with a casket at all. I mean, the, the only, I popped a little bit for the Grayson Waller when he took the bump through the first casket, and, or was it, did Apollo go through the casket? It was I'm Apollo, gonna, it was was you're Apollo, right. Apollo, Apollo. Apollo took the, the bump. I'm looking at the first casket, it comes out, I'm like, God, you guys couldn't have afforded a, a, a better looking casket. Well, that question was answered about halfway through the match when Apollo went through it. They did the Druids thing, the lights went out, and, you know, it's, you know, Apollo's standing on a ramp, and they're bringing out an actual more... Realistic looking casket. Uh, this one, like I said, I like Apollo Crews. I like Grayson Waller. The match itself was fine. The stuff with the ball involving the casket was just kind of kept taking me out of it. Rob, what do you think?
2: Okay, well. Is it shovel is time? That, is, that, is that time? No, <laughs>
0: oh, it's shovel time. Here it comes, ladies and gentlemen. Shovel time.
2: Okay. Um, I didn't really. Focus on much of the wrestling part because the rest of the match, like you said, all that stuff, <laughs> other stuff was shit. <laughs> hey, um, you know, and then when he like when he got when he fell through the first casket, and then I'm sitting there like, okay, so, and then no, it wasn't, and then he, you know, then the whole thing with then the Drew is bringing out the other coffin, and then he's in the somehow he's at he's standing in the ramp. And I'm like, what is this? And from that point on, I was done. I mean, I was just like, this is shit. I'm sorry. And like you said, they're both they're both better than this. Um I would have rather have just seen a straight up wrestling matches sometimes with him. Or some other silly gimmick instead, right? Um instead of this. This was horrible. And and again, I um look, casket matches are for the Undertaker. Right? I mean if he's not if he's not involved in what are we doing? Right? Um and since he's not wrestling no more. I you know, I think we can retire the casket match as a gimmick. Um uh, and here it this was dumb. Didn't fit either guy. The, the the Druid's bringing out the second casket was stupid. Um and I couldn't even get into the rest of it because I was just taken out of that because this is just dumb. All right, Jason, your thoughts. I have nothing else to add. It was dumb <laughs> and it
1: was, it was two guys wow. I really two guys I really like. In a match that I did not give a shit about.
0: Wow. So we, we turned this from a casket match to a buried alive match. Uh, hey. That's you know what? what happened to hey. this segment. And
1: it's not always sunshine and rainbows. The WWE can do, NXT can do no wrong on the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. This now was we a try
0: to keep. We try to keep it fair. Yeah. We do. when When they don't get it right, we're going to lean on them and let them know that, at least in our opinion, we didn't think they got it right. And I agree with Rob. If there's no undertaker, it's time to retire the casket match
2: and the buried alive match. While we're at it, just you know, those should go away with the undertaker.
0: Yep, they they should have retired with him, and that was it.
1: Yeah, and then the confusion with the spot of oh no, he didn't go through the. You have to put him in the casket and shut the top. Going through the casket doesn't count, and like this whole thing with the ref, I'm just like. That took way too long. It should have just been the ref should just be like, no, you have to put him in the casket, close the casket. That's it. Yeah. And then if he does that, it says it a couple times, obviously, so that the camera can pick it up. But then and then we just move on. Okay, cool. But that was just like, what are we even doing here?
0: Yeah. So, again, this is no fault of Apollo or Grayson Waller. They did the best they could with what they had. Two amazing talents that got put in an impossible situation. Correct. Moving on to a match that I was really looking forward to, uh, Roxanne Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade in a weapons wild match basically ends up being like an extreme rules match. Man, this was been building for, you know, a couple months now and I was really 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 hoping to see something special here and I'm I'm trying to remind myself that both of these girls are early 20s. They've been in the business less than 5 years. There's still a lot of cooking for both of them to do. So in keeping it fair to them, I did not think this was a great match. I thought the finish was awful with the table bump with with the big table bump at the end. It just the whole thing yeah. was set up poorly. It looked like shit. There were things that I enjoyed, but all in all, just didn't didn't enjoy this match. Found myself actually staring at my phone quite a bit. And, and that's that's rude to say because I was really hopeful for more. And I'm hopeful for better from them. I think in five years, I'm going to be having... I think in two years, I'm going to be having a much different opinion of the two of them wrestling each other. But for me, this match was not it. Rob?
2: Um, yeah, like I said, I didn't think it was terrible. Um, you know, it wasn't like that other Extreme Rules match I had buried a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> um, but Hey, they can, okay. both swing
1: a, they can both swing a weapon, so that wasn't a problem. And
2: um, I'll say this. Um, It just it felt to me like it felt like this was their first time doing it, which it probably was, because to me they were just kind of kind of going slow motion, you know, like just to make sure they did everything right. Um, and then except for of course the table, the table thing was bad, you know. And then and just well, to me the the whole climbing up on you know the climbing up on the thing, to me that was just that was an example of of a spot that's way too contrived and where it's obvious where you know what's going to happen and all. <laughs>
0: and that I'm not going to lean on the girls. No. That's a
2: production thing. Uh, yeah. Honestly, I won't, look, I'm not going to put any of this on them because like you said, they're both 20, 21 years old. This was probably their first time doing this kind of match under these kind of circumstances. And look, and they're probably going to be, you know, um, Kevin and Sammy, Sasha and Bailey, Charlotte and Becky on the main roster, where they're just fighting off and on through the years. So I think they will get plenty of chances to do this in the future on the main roster, and it'll be a lot better. Yeah. Um. But again, no fault of theirs. I just think it just it looked like they were doing it for the first time, which they probably were. Um. And I would probably have not. Either booked this particular stipulation match, or I would have played it out differently because it just it wasn't suited for what they're good at right now and I think in the we forget because both of them have gotten are so good in the ring for their age, especially that we forget that they're twenty and twenty one years old, so then of course, we we get reminded of that this time and and it's no fault of their own, and for me, this is one of those reasons why I say don't. Rush these folks there. I mean, look, most of these folks in the NXT now are super young. Um, So I know that, you know, people don't like the idea of folks staying down there for a really long time. But they got some really super young folks down there right now, and they don't need to rush these folks off the roster. And there's a lot of room anyway. But I mean, this is an example of why. Because if they had, had this, if they done the same match on the main roster and and executed it the exact same way i mean they'd be getting buried uh, yeah they they'd be in catering yeah. within 2 weeks yeah and um it in yeah you know and so you know again not not great not their fault um they'll probably be doing this type of thing again next year for the NXT women's title which yeah, i mean and it'll be better
0: yep I mean that's why you're there, and and people need to remember that. <clears throat> Jason, what about you, Bubba?
1: Mm, the hive mind strikes again. We <laughs> the two people we really like in a match that was fine, and just there were some spots that would just be like, why why'd you even try that? Um, <clears throat> like the table spot at the end, and it's just like, just you know. Back to the drawing board. We'll get him again next time, Bubba.
0: Yeah. But not, not I, I probably need to start team. an argument again tonight because this is a very compelling so far. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, this is a match that, for me, ended up being a tale of two matches. It was uh, Julius Creed versus Damon Kemp with Brutus Creed's career in NXT on the line in an ambulance match. This was a tale of two matches for me. The first half of the match, I thought, was just a dogfight. I was into it, man. These guys, because Damon Kemp is so good. Julius Creed, obviously, the Creed brothers, you know, need no no further putting over. Damon Kemp was one guy I've talked about on here for a little while. You better keep an eye on him. I know all eyes are on his brother because of who his brother is. Damon Kemp's a fucking worker. And the dude is believable. He's legit. The first half of this match, I enjoyed. And then we hit what felt like the 38 minute mark. And and I know I'm exaggerating there. That's a little bit of hyperbole. But I felt like this match went on easily 10, maybe even 15 minutes longer than it should have. I completely fell off of this match the last 10 minutes. Jason, what do you think?
1: It was violent in the very beginning. That was awesome. Uh, and Damon Kemp, uh, I know obviously we've talked about the creeds a lot. But Damon, like he does not how long has he been doing this? Not
2: long. Like
1: a couple of years?
2: Well, he just got out of is college that? too. He just got out of college. So like
1: me. Yeah, it's it's incredible to see that guy work. Um and how how good he is at the little things again, like the, the selling, the emoting, the that kind of stuff. Um and you know, I think I mean yeah, and then I felt like it kind of slowed down a little bit, but overall, overall, I enjoyed it. It was probably one of the higher spots on the on the card for me. But I also just enjoy, you know, two gargantuan men slapping the crap out of each other. So I enjoy it. That was one of the more enjoyable ones for me.
0: Okay, Rob, are you gonna ra- round out the uh, the high line, or
2: well, um, okay, because honestly, I was kind of zoned out during this. Uh, I mean, I, I remember a few things, and then I remember the, the ending. Uh, so I don't really have a grade for this particular match because again, um, it did feel long. I don't know how long it was, but it did feel long. Because I guess cause for me, like the the previous two matches, you know, they they kind of did a number. Wrong. So I wasn't all the way back you know, for this. Uh, the the parts I do remember were were good. Yeah, I think it did go long. Yeah, I'll, I'll echo you guys about Damon Kemp, and I'm wondering if he was just a throw-in for his brother, because if so, then this is I mean this is something else here, <laughs> because I mean, cause this guy is really good. I mean he is, and and he's really good at talking too, and and everything, and he's he's good at playing a wrestling villain. Um. Because, I mean, the whole thing with him being behind the attack and all of this stuff when, you know, it, you because know, everything was pointing to Roddy being the, the jerk behind everything and then it ended up being him, I mean, he played that off, I mean, he played that very well. And I, I've just been very surprised yeah. at everything from him, you know, from the ring work to the character work, and and I don't think any. I mean, I, well, look, Sean and Hunter must have seen it, obviously. But the rest of us didn't, <laughs> you know, none of the rest of us saw this coming with this guy.
0: Well, like I said, all eyes were on Gable Steveson because of his, you know, his very public um, amateur career. Yeah. You know, with the Olympics and everything like that. And all eyes were on him. And, you know, quietly, his brother, you know, became a sleeper, a, a worker.
2: And uh, Damon had a pretty good career himself. Um and that's the thing. He um so it, he wrestled at Minnesota, he was in the Pan American games. I'm looking at it here. Iowa here.
0: God, does Minnesota just pump out wrestling beasts?
2: I think so. Cause, uh, like
0: <laughs> when you look down the history of wrestling of all the, the legitimate people who have come out of Minnesota, like it is just the 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 breeding ground for for awesome pro wrestlers.
2: Yeah. And uh, Minnesota, Iowa, you know, and a couple of those places. Um, it's all those uh, corn-fed
0: Midwest boys.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. At, at, uh, so it's. Yeah, he was in. The, oh, he was uh University of Minnesota Pan American Games champion. There you go. So he's no slouch himself. Yeah, as far as amateur career.
0: Yeah, and, I, I'm looking forward to that guy. He's he's got a bright career ahead of him. Damon yeah, Kemp does.
2: And, yeah, and and of course, look, the Creed brothers are great. We know that. And um anyway, I guess one other thing to take well so because Tuesday night, uh we saw the the continuing of the story, we saw the return of uh Veer and uh Sangha, that's that guy? Sangha, yeah. Yeah, was, Senga? they were, yeah, they were they're were, they're were, they were tagged team again. in the sure they're back together and they attacked the Creed brothers Tuesday.
0: Talking <laughs> about meaty men slapping meat. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. And I tell you what, man, we went to an NXT, Brutus is like, like I know everybody looks at Julius because he's, he's a little bit better chiseled and things like that. When we went to the NXT live show here a couple months ago, man, Brutus, we will talk about somebody trying to hype up the crowd. Like, you get those guys on the outside that are waiting for the hot tag, waiting for the hot tag, and some of them are just like, yay, let's go team, woohoo. And, and they're like, not, this dude was jumping around, bouncing around, trying to hype this crowd up. Bruce, uh, Bruce, was a hell of a lot of fun. Nice. Brilliant. All right. So let's move on to a match that actually ended up being a tale of two matches. <laughs> For the Women's NXT Championship. Mandy Rose versus mm. Alba Fire. And, dude, like, somewhere like maybe in the first third of the show, we had the return of the cinematic match. It was a thing, and it was interesting because that took place right before the, the casket match did. Yeah. So, in my head, I'm like, oh shit, they're doing the casket match. This might actually be pretty awesome because, as far as I know, <clears throat> there haven't been any women's casket matches in WWE. So, in my head, you know, to, completely forgetting that the casket match was Apollo Crews and Grayson Waller, they lead right into this cinematic match with Mandy Rose and Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. All showing up after Alba Fire called them, you know, to this, to this building. So I'm like, oh shit, they're doing the casket. Match. This This like, this is going to be like a, a cinematic casket match. I'm here for this, right? Because I popped for the cinematic matches. I, man, I laughed my ass off through that whole segment. Just Gigi Dolan was laugh out loud hilarious. It, Mandy Rose was just, it was such a, such a parody of bad 90s horror flicks. Yeah. And a lot of people miss that because a lot of people on my time are like, what is this shit? This one is acting classes. I'm like, are you not paying attention? Like, guys, what's the catchphrase? Who understates catchphrase time?
1: Kids and nanas, baby.
0: Kids and nanas are the only ones who understand this shit. I had fun with that first segment. Like I popped for it. <laughs> Jason.
1: Yeah, that was genuinely <clears throat> a highlight of the night. Because you know me, more more Mortal Kombat, better wrestling. Um, that uh, cinematic is stuff is a step in that direction. You know, in a haunted house, that it, is this just a regular haunted house? Or is there wrestle magic at work here? You know, with just enough of that, sprinkle a little bit of that in, and oh yeah, I was having a great time. And yeah. JC Jane is a wonderful <laughs> character actor, man. She is. Her right. facial expressions and her, like comedic timing with everything is just so good man she's so funny
0: yeah it was spot on Like it was really it was really a well-done cheesy segment rob what did you
2: think yeah exactly and the, it was a take on you know people met you know the hot chicken and the horror house and the, the haunted house in a horror movie they all get picked off one at a time and the <clears throat> people in horror movies making incredibly stupid decisions it was just a take off on all of that yeah <laughs> and, and i look yes it was i thought it was very it was very funny i thought it was hilarious and uh and the part with the refrigerator
0: <laughs> <laughs> i think i made the comment to you guys i'm like jc James is about to end up like kyle rayner's girlfriend
1: <laughs> yes oh man <laughs> uh, yeah poor guy yeah uh,
2: let's
0: <laughs> was- live that down 30 years 30 years later <laughs> yeah Side quest there. What a horrifying uh, delivery that was. Yeah.
1: Finding the and
0: hacked up in the refrigerator. That's oh, just yeah, terrible. That's, yeah. That's mad.
1: yeah. Um. You know, see, I always thought when I read it as a kid, I always thought because it was Major Force that did it. Yeah. yeah. I always thought she was just crumpled up. No. Not like hacked to pieces. No, she was
0: Because they never to show
1: anything. They never show any blood. They never show anything. It's just yeah. her legs sticking out. And I just, because in yeah. a way, that's worse, man. If she just got.
0: Yeah, squished and stuffed in yeah yeah <laughs> but anyway yeah. but the uh, second it's half it's of that match man was an excellent sprint like it really it was not a long match i, I don't yeah. think it went what maybe maybe 10 i don't have the times in front of me it doesn't uh, matter it
2: was like but, it was about seven or eight minutes okay
0: so match. that's a nice sprint of a match especially for something that had an almost 10 minute lead in earlier on in the show with the cinematic stuff i gotta tell you as from a wrestling standpoint this match was a highlight for me and and I gotta give and I know I've done it before, and I know there are people so the circle we run in people may disagree with us. Mandy Rose has turned into one hell of a sprint match wrestler Yep.
2: yeah, and I agree yep. and um this was seven minutes long they just and they just went tilt for the whole seven minutes mm-hmm. uh, and i'm I'm assuming they got they pro- they probably got cut for time probably. Yeah, out of all, you know, which I mean they could have cut some of these other matches and given but I mean but for what it was, I thought he did an excellent job and you know, we've talked before about, you know, how for a long time, you know, Andy's matches had a, had a, just a ton of interference. Um it didn't happen here to the end. Um and so, you know, we've talked a bunch of times how she's gotten better at this whole thing hmm and also how they you know they put her in better situations as far as matches um because you know, well yeah she just they haven't they didn't put her in any situations. where she's been hung out to dry which they don't ain't roster a good bit to her and she's also stepped up here and gotten better at this stuff and so now i mean you know and you know we have a few people in our timeline who were just like oh when is she gonna lose this thing? Yeah. Um. And to that, well I, you know? And then, oh, they should have been called up months ago. All right. And so my and my, do what? To, to do what? Right. Well, that's what I was going to say. And called up to do what? I mean, well, are you gonna have her lose the Bianca in June or July? Yeah. You if know you, know you call Mandy Rose up now,
0: she's doing the job.
1: Okay. okay. And on, our on. other favorite, our other favorite question with that. Who
2: sits down. Who sits down. Well, well, um, I mean, now, cause, you know, there was a time where I would have said, you know, well, well, now somebody might actually get the sit, sat sit down when he comes back. Up now. Well, sure. And so the question, the big question is who. But, right. but there was no point <clears throat> in bringing them up this year. If you had brought them up to Raw, she would have just been taking the L to Bianca, you know, in June or July, which would have been pointless, uh, really. <clears throat> And if you brought them up to the SmackDown and were you gonna insert her into the you know, kind of messy picture that was going on over there, really? Yeah.
1: Oh, or God. even worse, she goes up and wins it from Bianca, only for Bianca to win it back at something and pisses everybody off.
2: That right wouldn't help anything and then, Exactly. Uh, That's or, what I'm saying. Or what you have her beat live and lose to Ronda? Right. Yeah. I mean Sure, whatever. Which, I mean no. and, but those were the those but like the high watermark possibilities had they gone up this year yeah um, you know she would have the how you know the the absolute maximum thing that could have happened was she would have gotten a you know a win over one of the two women's champions and well i don't think they, they wouldn't have booked her to beat Bianca. she'd have just been a, um but i mean at best she would have beat Liv for the smackdown title and then lost it the ronda i mean yeah i mean it, do, you, do you really want to call them up for that no. no. And, so, I mean, no. I mean, just no. I mean, now. So, go ahead. go ahead, Rob. Finish your thought, and then I've got a question. Oh, because so now look, they got one more of these specials in December. She's going to lose it there, guys. Okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> and, now, and, let's, let's go around the room with my question.
2: Thinking about the current
0: NXT women's roster, and given the fact that, <clears throat> you know, the women, we've already established that. Roxanne and um Cora Jade are going to get there. They're not there yet. In this current crop of NXT women, just real quick around the room, Jason, you go first.
2: Who beats Mandy Rose?
0: I feel like it's out of fire. So you feel like there's more, there's more mileage to be pumped out of this. Okay.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, and even if you let it cool for a little bit and then get back on it when you're about in the, um, you know, in the lead up to the special that Rob's talking about, yeah, because I just feel like everybody else is, I don't know, too new. Yeah, uh, maybe I'm forgetting some people, but I don't well, know. And then Zoe, other Zoe people, Star, I just don't.
0: Zoe yeah, Star I just have don't see Zoe Zoe Zoe, my, my choice, but she's otherwise occupied right now.
1: Yeah, and I just don't see it otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Does does that look like a yeah, knee jerk reaction to you know what we talked about last week or two weeks ago. Does it do they look like a champion? And right now it's just like no.
0: No, not with Zoe Stark. All right, Ralph. Who beats Fandy know. Rose? Yeah, Alba Fire.
2: I think Alba is the first choice because he hasn't been beaten clean yet. I mean there's been interference. They can always set up some type of match where you know Jason G.G. are banned from ringside or Alba gets some people to back her up and walk off and she finally gets the drop on Mandy and beats her. Um, you can do that. That's easy. Because and well, it needs to be some it needs to be somebody with a veteran because like Jason was saying most of the women there are green and pale. Yeah. I mean when you consider out know, Cora and I mean, Roxanne is one of the more experienced women She's 20 years old, okay? So the rest of those women there, as much as a lot of people on our timeline rant and rave over how wonderful they are already, those girls are mostly working three- and four-minute matches. Reason for that. And, you know, none of those, I mean, they're all too green. So it needs to be somebody who's some type of veteran, and that Alba's the first choice. And so the only I mean now I mean I'm thinking through it. The only other real veteran woman down there is Wendy Chu.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Because you know, I mean she you know, she's been working for a while and she worked for in the Ring of Honor before she came there. Um and I and I think people a lot of people don't know that. But her and Alba are like the only real veterans there right now. Right. Somebody and who because you need somebody who you can not just put the belt on but they gotta be able to work with all of these other with these new girls. And they gotta be able to put on a halfway decent match with whichever one of these new girls they get put up and put with in a match. And right now that's two people. <laughs> that's Albert <laughs> and Wendy. Um that's it. Yeah, because
0: I don't think is Mako still a part of the active roster, or was that kind of I think was I'm that gonna... triple threat match kinda her
2: yeah. Hurst- swamp with WWE? Um I think well, I think she was just there for that weekend because she worked the match like on that following Tuesday, I think, and so I think that was just she was just there for that trip. And I wonder she, if they're going to keep her on for the European brand. Um, prob- probably, probably. Um, I would hope so. <laughs> they
0: need that kind of experience for whatever women they're going to bring in. Yeah. And Mako, Mako is that 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 experienced hand that you want there for that.
2: And so you need somebody and. Yeah, you you need some type of veteran to hold that title going forward. Yeah, Andy. So yeah, I think they got two choices, and that's it. And yeah, I'm going to need some of y'all to to kind of see the forest with the trees. Y'all supposed to be.
0: All right. Well, let's move on to the main event for the NXT <laughs> World Heavyweight Championship. Champion Braun Breaker versus Ilya Dragunov and J.D. McDonough. Um, I, I told you guys, I don't remember whether it was on the show or whether it was in chat. I have really, really, really had a hard time completely committing to Braun Breaker. Like, the dude checks off most of the boxes. He can talk. He looks incredible. He passes the eye test. He is a phenomenal athlete. He's way too green for the position he's been put in. I have been waiting for Braun Breaker to turn that corner. And I think Saturday night, for me personally, I think Braun Breaker is starting to turn that corner. Now, it's very obvious that J.D. and Dragonoff did a lot of the heavy lifting. But Braun's timing is getting better. His ring awareness is getting better. He's starting to figure out the rest of it. I thought this match was incredible on all accounts. Jason?
1: I loved it because I've I've really been a fan of Ilya for a little while. Uh, just quietly watching NXT UK and just hit with his run as champion was really fun. Um, I liked the baby face, you know, fiery champion when it's, you know, when it's not a little kid, when it's not, you know, Daniel Bryan you know, the shorter than everyone and like a, okay, whatever. No, I'm just the fiery babyface heel cuz I'm a good family man but I like whipping ass. Um so yeah, Ilya's been, Ilya has been was awesome in this match. Uh JD was too. And yeah, like you said uh, D- uh DJ the Braun kind of started to figure it out cuz I think yes, Ilya and JD were probably quarterback in that thing, but um his he was not waiting for every single cue, if that makes sense. He was just going.
0: Um, and that's something that we've talked about on this show before, and I think Rob's exact words were it's almost like paint by number. It's like, okay, yep. I need to be here, and I'm going to do that move. Then I need to be here, and I'm going to do that move. He's starting to get a little more fluid and a little more natural in that ring. And, again, I'm, I'm talking a lot of this under to inexperience. I don't think the guy has four dozen total matches under his belt. Right. Um. But you also, he's undeniable in presence. So you've got to do something with this guy. He's absolutely someone you put on TV. And for the men's division, for what they're trying to promote, Braun Breaker's the guy. And, you know, five years from now, Braun Breaker's really going to be the guy. So, but I I just, I keep reminding myself, the guy's been in the business a year, maybe a year and a half tops. This is the developmental brand.
2: Right. right.
0: Okay. <laughs> He's developing, and it's where my mindset was three months ago is different from where it is now. Three months ago, I was like, what the fuck are they doing here with this guy? He's not ready for this. Now, I'm enjoying watching the growth. I'm enjoying watching the evolution of Braun Breaker. And the fact that he has the NXT World Championship makes no difference to me. Like, I've I'm even- watching this guy. I- grow and and that's fascinating to me
1: you've been watching him develop Develop.
0: you You know (laughs) and and that's fascinating and and the fact like you said the fact that he's got he's the champ there's not really anybody else on that brand yes there may be better in-ring workers but when i look at what this business is and be real and honest with myself Braun breaker is the only man on that roster that should be sitting in that spot right now
1: He's a perfectly wonderful developmental champion. Bingo. You know, you take all those words and you put them together. That's exactly what he's doing. Don't try to compare him to, you know, impact champion or AEW champion or, you know, universal or whatever.
0: And that's the difference between uh, NXT black and gold and NXT getting back to its developmental roots. You know, Braun had no background for this. And when this was, you know, previously... Triple H's little indie promotion with a budget. We got the guys who had eight, ten <laughs> years of indie experience at oh, the top of the card. We got the Drew McIntyre. We got yeah, the, we got the, former world champions. Right. We got, but even from when they were developing, Seth Rollins still came in with an indie background. Yeah. Right. You know, all these people. You know, look at Shinsuke Nakamura. Shinsuke Nakamura came in with damn near twenty years experience. Right. <laughs> you know, now we're back to this brand being developmental. It's the same thing with Mandy Rose. We've said the same – and I had to look at this the same way. You know, they put the championship on Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose's early matches as champion were not fabulous. Like Rob has said, you know, she was – you know, they kept her – they either gimmicked him up or they had a ton of interference to make her look better. Now Mandy Rose is is firing on all cylinders. They're doing the exact same thing with Braun Breaker. They're developing him while developing a character that is main event level and believable – and my opinion on where I'm at with Braun Breaker is much different than it was three months ago.
2: That's good because I've really enjoyed the ride with him as well.
0: Yeah, I just had to change the way I looked at it. That it was um, a me thing, I think.
2: Because uh, mm-hmm. for me, like um, honestly, when this when it got around to this match, I was because I'd gotten I had gotten to the point with his matches where I was just like, okay. Because you know, it just seemed like, again, like like you had said, paint by numbers. Um, but I stuck with this one, and it was really good. And yeah, and like I said, you you could see where you know JD and or Dragon, you could see the spots where they were like kind of handling everything. But he didn't look lost or foggy in there at all this time. Um, there weren't any, you know, there weren't any obvious spots where you could see they had to. You know, bring him along. Which in some of those matches, again, me even not having ever been in a ring, I mean, there were there were some of those earlier matches with his. It was obvious where the the veteran guy was kind of leading him along or having to you know help pull him out of the weeds there, um, that, and didn't see any of that this time, and and so yeah, I mean, there's definitely been improvement, and now. Because he's, on, I just looked it up. He has. He's, he's only had forty-eight matches. So.
0: So right at the four dozen mark.
2: Yeah. Okay. And so now I guess the, you know, now the question is, okay, so how much longer do we do this with him down there? Um, the thing about that is, again, okay, like what we were talking about with toxic attraction. Um, you bring him up now. Bring him up to do what?
0: There's nothing for him on the main roster right now. There's
2: so many things going on between Raw
0: and SmackDown. Braun Breaker is much better served staying in NXT right now.
2: Yeah, because again, we're talking about a potential, you know, some guy that they obviously see as a potential as a main event guy in the future. Um, I don't think you're doing, you would not do him any favors bringing him up now and having him you know, working the the mid card on, you know, the second hour raw every week or something. Right. I don't think you don't, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't think that does anything for him at this point. Um, you know, and because obviously he he wouldn't be a main eventer right now on the main roster. And, and if if that's because we were talking last year about, you know, the kind of the tracking when people come up and how, If you're going to be a big deal on the main roster, you usually get kind of tracked that way from the beginning. Uh, There aren't a lot of people who came in as just a low level person from NXT. And I don't think anybody's coming at a lower level and gotten to the top. Some people have started low and gotten to the middle. But if they have big things in mind for you, they usually bring you in that way. Um, Doing something big from the beginning. Um, Right now, you know, there's nothing, there's no space for him to do anything big upon arrival, right now. Right. Um, so there's just, uh, yeah, I would, I would keep him down there. You know, maybe till next year, maybe, right? Um, sometime next year or late next year, because it's just, you know, there's, there's no point. I mean, because he, he's only at 48 matches. Um, I don't think he he's not going to be served. Right now, by doing a bunch of six-minute matches on TV, right. the roster, I don't no. think that helps him at all. No, um, not, not for what they want him to do. Right. Right. And then also, and then, I mean, and by putting him in that spot, you run the risk of people seeing him as a mid-card guy, and it's hard to shake that. It's, it's hard to shake that perception. Yeah. From and you know, and it, it just is once once you get. If you spend a year or so as a mid-card guy, like somebody, look, as talented as Chad Gable is, right? I think he's, as far as perception, what he is is what he is right now. Well,
0: I use Kevin Owens as the example. They brought Kevin Owens in and immediately put him into a program with John Cena. Yes. And Kevin Owens is easily a guy you can slide into the main event of any pay-per-view. Right. And he's been there regardless of what the Internet wrestling community might tell you about, you know, Kevin Owens main roster career. Kevin Owens has been very well protected and very well taken care of on WWE's main roster, both under the Vince McMahon and now under the Triple H era. Kevin Owens has had an awesome main roster career and it started his his leap. His leaping off point was against John Cena. You do something similar to that with Braun Breaker. If your designs for him are to be at the top or near the top of the
2: card, that's the route you go. Yeah, he need he needs to come in. So
0: anyone
1: anyone who says Kevin Owens was you know mistreated or not properly used and or not used to his full potential or whatever whatever with Kevin Owens, he was a universal champion when both Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins were a viable option.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like exactly. so, it's 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 a case of tell me you don't watch the show without telling me you don't watch the show.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah, you know are you,
0: just flat out wrong.
2: And you right. and neither one of those guys beat him. Oh, um,
1: and by the way, he got Steve Austin right. He was trusted with Steve Austin at WrestleMania. Yeah. Facts. No yeah, right. big
2: deal. Um so and uh, look look, we're not gonna run through all the names, but just take some time, look at the people who've come from NXT and have, have been a big deal on the main roster in some way or another. Or just look at the people who come from NXT and have made them in a pay-per-view at some point. Yeah. They all came in hot. Yep. From NXT. None of them came in working in tag teams or working in the mid card, okay? They all came in hot and doing something high up early on. So you keep him down there until you have something like that to involve him in. You don't, I mean, and don't, because otherwise there's no point. Uh, right. don't, no point. Don't in waste is or our time or our or your own time. Right, and and do we really want a year of wrestling Twitter talking about him being misused? No, because I don't want. Hard? I don't
0: want five minutes of that. I right. don't I mean, want a
2: three-month Dolph
1: Ziggler Bron Breaker feud. No, another one. No,
0: not, not like, at all. no, no, like no. So, so, quick round the room there? question, then we're going to get into some more uh, NXT business, uh, real quick. 2023 Royal Rumble, Braun Breaker, yes or no, Jason? Is he not in winner, it? Yeah. Not winner, not winner, Yeah. Do you see him in? Yep. it? He's
1: absolutely in it. Uh-huh. He comes out with like a, an NXT, you know, banner and whatnot, and it's not like a move. It's one one night, one night only. But yeah, sure.
0: Okay. He's in problem. it, and he probably even probably even eliminates
2: a couple of people. Okay. Uh yeah, I mean they did it with um either Adam Cole or Andrade or both of them? You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, one year. So yeah, you can do it. Yeah. Um I, was there. I think this
0: year I think this year's that's a good match for him.
2: Yeah. And um uh, oh and uh, now I, who I do think goes up soon is Carmelo. I was going to say oh, if no doubt. If, Carmelo Carmelo not, Hayes is... if not Hayes Breaker, if not I
1: think Carmelo Hayes is in the Royal Rumble as a SmackDown or raw
2: superstar. Yeah. yeah. Now I do think yeah, I do think you send him up now because Yep. There's nothing for him to do. <clears> and <throat> I do think he is a guy that you can start, you know, in a mid cardish kind of thing, but who can but who can go up, you know, I could, from that? I could
1: see Johnny do that too. Johnny's kind of stuck there now, but yeah, I can yeah. see Johnny move up. Yeah, because like, so so Rob, to your point, there there are guys lo- that could do that, right? Not not to fly in the face of your examples, but
0: yeah.
2: But um, All right.
0: Oh, go ahead, Rob. I I'm think, sharp. but yeah, I
2: think out of out of everyone there, uh, Carmelo, I think, because there's nothing else for him to do. There's no point in him winning the North American title again. And there's no. no point. there's no point in him beating Braun for the main title. There's no point.:
1: No, it was part of the gimmick, but the fact like how he carried himself as the A champ, yes, it was the gimmick, but literally there's no reason to rehash it all with the NXT championship, because right. he and- did everything that the A champ does. He, that's how he carried himself right
0: so
2: and, job done man yeah, and to yeah. Me it's just a, it's just a matter of, i mean the real question is what are you gonna do with trick right are you gonna bring trick with them are you gonna leave trick down there yeah. But, yeah and that
0: was gonna be a question that i wanted to save you know when we talk Camar- carmelo at another time do okay. you send trick up with him or do you leave trick down there to cook a little longer that's a, that's a that's a question we can table okay yeah, yeah.
2: because i think th- there are a couple of different ways you can handle that i yeah. mean
0: All right. Well, let's table that and let's move on to a big, uh, big debut on on Tuesday night on NXT. Ava Rain, otherwise, you know, to the to the smart marks, uh, the Rock's daughter. And that was met with some mixed emotion last night, man. Uh, My my timeline was kind of split 50 50. Some people get it. Some people understand. Some people, I guess, expected, you know, Miss Rock to come out on NXT TV and, and, and be her dad. And that to me, that's just ridiculous. Like you need to let this girl stand on her own. I have my own feelings about pairing them with schism. We had a very long discussion privately with last week's guest host, Mr. Ray Cash, uh, not going to rehash that entire segment. I think Ray feels much differently about schism than I do. Uh, I'm not a fan. I, I don't care for the gimmick. It's not roping me in. It's not catching my attention. I so initially when I saw, I was like, okay, Ava Rain, I can dig the name. I questioned, okay, why would you want to saddle them with a a gimmick that for me personally makes me want to change the channel? And not in a good way. Like there's some gimmicks that are designed to piss you off. Like, God, I hate these guys, get them off my TV. I wish I could see somebody punch them in the mouth. And that's the hook is that you want to see somebody punch them in the mouth. I could care less whether or not anybody punches out Joe Gacy, and to me, that's the disconnect as a heel. And when they when I revealed Ava Rain as being a part of that, I'm like, I want to see what she's got. I want to see what she grows into. But now I'm forced to watch Schism to do it, and for me, that's like. I, I'm gonna sit with it. I'm gonna rock with it, but I, I I don't know. It's, but yeah, Rob. What are your thoughts?
2: Um. All right. Cause like, I'm just not interested in schism. They just. I mean, you know, I said this in the chat. I didn't like that they put the grizzled young vets with Gacy. I think that's just a bad fit. Um. But I just I'm not. You know, I don't care about them and you know so and now before I get going here those of y'all who want it's it's very ironic to, to see people saying why she got to be something so different why can't she you know uh follow her family heritage <sighs> oh really now <laughs> yeah yeah cuz I'm pretty sure you guys will treat her entirely different how you treated the last daughter of a Hall of Fame wrestler who did who actually did not and there she is and and, might I add this you know she did not actually follow her family heritage immediately it was not for like over a year okay and y'all okay so yeah I'm really sure that if Simone Johnson did a similar kind of thing oh I'm really sure you guys would treat her so much better <laughs> right. Jason, he found a way to shoehorn Charlotte in there. Well, look, there's no, this isn't, this isn't even. Oh. Look, I'm just saying that these people are full of shit. They would treat her yeah. the same way they treat, you know, because y'all treat the women differently. They're not allowed to follow in the family footsteps, and you're only saying it now because she didn't do it, okay? And you know, good and damn well that if if she came out there as you know Simone Johnson or what, even if she had a different first name or whatever, y'all know good and damn well. That y'all would give her a whole bunch of crap if you know if she basically was just the next generation of the Johnson family. I am
0: so sick of hearing you only have this job because of who your daddy is.
1: You, right. You yeah. people, and I mean you people, would absolutely cook her if she if she came out there in her first promo asked if you could smell what she was cooking.
0: Yeah, if, if you guys would roast her. If people were handed stuff just because of who their daddy was, Curtis Axel would be like a five time world heavyweight champion because his daddy sits at the top of the list of guys who everybody feels was the greatest wrestler to never win a world heavyweight champion in either championship in either WWE or WCW. So, you know, this is the problem that a lot of these legacy wrestlers face. Is yeah you know, the online crowd of you're only here because of your daddy shut up go talk to Curtis Axel and see what being Mr Perfect's kid got him other than an opportunity.
2: And let me just say it's it's different and you know the women get treated differently because we see everybody you know encouraging Braun Breaker to do freaking Scott you know two point oh or three point or whatever. Yep. And y'all know good and damn well y'all don't treat women the same. Yeah. And it's not just mm-hmm. in the wrestling business. It's, it's it's in all other professions. You know, The son who follows in dad's footsteps is a hero. He's carrying on the tradition, et cetera, et cetera. The, the girl who does that is, you know, again, she's only here because of her daddy.
0: She's living off her daddy's
2: fame. And that's right. wrestling. That's any other profession. It's business. It's politics. That's just
0: human nature. Right. And, right. and, and so, I'm not uh, – so, that is not me putting it over. Let me be <laughs> perfectly oh, clear. No. Yeah. That yeah. is not me putting that over.
2: Right. I mean, it's yeah, it, exactly. So we're not, you know, I'm not buying all of that from you people. And, but now getting back to this, um, yeah, I, mean, I dig
0: her, the name Ava Rain.
2: Yeah. I like, like that. Name. right out of the
0: gate. I dig that
2: now. And yeah, yeah that's I mean, cool. Putting her with schism basically means that, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm sorry. I'm not more likely to watch schism because she's in there now. Um, I'm not, See, I <laughs> will. I will I mean, because
0: I want to see what her trajectory I mean, is. I want, to see,
2: I want to see her. I want to see what she does. And you know, well, that's a, thankfully, look, that's what the YouTube clips are for. Right? So, <laughs> so you can watch three minutes of it and see what she does yeah. instead of sitting through 10 minutes of it. Um, yeah. Um, but I mean, look at it like this. Um okay, if if she turns out to be good, they're gonna break her out of the group. She's she's not going to stay in that group if she's good. Right. And it's not going to happen. If she ill, you know, if she turns out to be good, it's, you know, they're going to break her out of that group even if they're still if they're still around in a year or whatever, right? But but if she's good, as soon as she shows signs of being good, they're going to put things in motion to get her out of the group. So you shouldn't be worried about that. Now, if she and look, if she's not any good, doesn't matter what group you put her in. Okay? Yeah. She stinks. You, you can put her in the bloodline. If she <clears throat> stinks. it won't matter.
0: Yeah, and, and I said that on the timeline. You know, I posted on Twitter today. I'm like, if she ends up stinking, it's not going to be because she was with Schism. It's going to be because she just does not have a natural talent for this. And, and I was trying to logic it to myself earlier today. I was like, okay, I don't care for Schism. I can sit here as a, a indifferent viewer of Schism and say, okay, why did they do that? But one, where else were they going to put her as a debut? What else were they going to do with her? And two, Joe Gacy's a hell of a worker. Like, he really is. He's a ring veteran. He's a hell of a worker. If you're going to stick her out there with someone who can kind of bring her along. And, and to be fair to him, he's he cuts a great promo. He believes wholeheartedly in this character. That is that is a tree that she can sit under and say, okay, whatever my character is, I need to believe in it. I need to feel it. Because if I don't feel it, they're not going to feel it. And I think Joe Gacy is is good for that for her. And and I think he, if she's got any natural aptitude for this, he'll be the guy to, to kind of bring that out of her. Jason, your thoughts?
1: Uh, you kind of stole my thunder with Gacy there because I was about to give my thoughts on – Schism, it's like, I don't have a reason to care. Yes. Um. I really want to like Joe Gacy because he's a he's a compelling promo, Even like, kind of like in the vein of Bray Wyatt. Like, you're a compelling promo even when you're speaking nonsense. Um, I'm like, but well, it's nonsense that sounds good. Um, he articulates
0: at, very well.
1: Yeah. And he's a hell of a... Worker in the ring, um but I just don't quite get the why of schism. Like, what are you he actually here for? What are you? What are, what are we doing? um And like, the Undertaker at one point said, "You know, I'm gonna take over the world, and I gotta take over the world by winning the WWE champion or WWF at the time championship." Okay,
0: at, at least doesn't make a lick of sense, but all right, at least but he it's, gave it's, something. It's simply comprehensible motivation. Yeah, exactly. Just
1: give me something. Give me 2 plus 2 equals 4. Okay, great. So far, he's given me 2 plus something equals something. Um, but... I think this is great for her because everything you said about Gacy in terms of just being a veteran in that regard and in terms of the character work and all that, like you said, he believes it and he does it very well. Um, so, and this is just going to be a nothing thing for her. And if she's any good at it, it'll be a nothing thing. It'll be terrorizing. It'll be Rocky Via. It'll be, you know, whatever, you know, Bad gimmick number one for everyone's favorite wrestler. They all had one. Yeah. You know, I remember Roman uh, Roman Reigns, actually, he kind of you know morphed the Tribal Chief from his old NXT character. But he used to be a pompous asshole who wore suits and not in the fun way that he does now. Like, in a kind of a... Man, you're not too great at this. In any case, this will be... If she's good, this will be a nothing-forgotten gimmick in a year. And if she's not, then... All right, she just does this, and we enjoy
2: it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it's just. I mean, just, look, this is basically look. This is this is like a a free thing here, right? You know, I mean, and it's like, experience. Yeah, and, and yeah. that's what it is. And you know, raps And then that's all. And <laughs> I, you know, I wouldn't worry about it. And look, almost every other woman. Look, do you really want another? Hi, I'm Simone. I'm a young woman wrestler. I'm here to for NXT. I mean, they got like a dozen of those already.
1: I'm here to wrestle.
2: Yeah, I mean all they right. got and you know they show you know they show some little vignette of her playing tennis or skateboarding or something you know like they do with all with all the other newer women there. Mm-hmm. And you know and is that what y'all want? Yeah, I mean because well, and that's and and that sounds like I'm I'm not sliding the other women. I'm just saying the presentation for so many of the younger women there, the newer women there, that's what it is. It's just hi, I'm so and so. Look at me surfing. Look at I've always surfing. wanted
0: I've right. always wanted to do this. Yeah. This right, is right. my I, lifelong dream right. and now I'm in NXT. And and
2: yeah.
1: I'm in a setting that gives you the vibe of my character. Right.
2: Exactly. Like yeah, exactly. Like I'm you know, I'm you know and, and 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 that's they got a dozen of them there already. All right. And you don't need another one. Right, but, um, you know, I mean, you don't need another one on TV doing the exact same thing. So it's good that they gave her something different. And again, and look, if it totally tanks, it doesn't matter because because she's part of the group. If it tanks, you know, it's just it's a bad gimmick anyway. So, yeah, like, and all that really matters is that basically that she comes out of this showing that she has some type of aptitude to do this at this level. That's all that matters, you know, and if she does, then again, they'll break her out of the group. Um, and, you know, and if not, then, you know, she'll be going home soon anyway. Yeah. That's the case. I mean, yeah. um, and, that, you know, and so what we always say, just watch the show. Just watch the mm-hmm. show. Mindless wrestling podcast catchphrase night. <laughs> I mean, just watch look, the show. Either, either she's good or she isn't. Yep. I mean, and that's all
0: we need to know. <laughs>
2: I mean. All right, so let's move on from that a little bit. And I'm going to let Rob
0: take the reins here a little bit. On uh, he he shared something in the chat oh, with yeah. uh, some comments that uh, the artist, formerly known as Lana, now known as C.J. Perry, made about AEW's uh, booking process and what actually goes back
2: goes on backstage. I think there's been some misconception, Mister Rob. If you would take the wheel. okay, so I'm going. I'm going to read this. This is and what's funny is that this was actually this was printed in the Wrestling Observer. Which it's funny that these comments would be printed there because we know that the Wrestling Observer is has for a long time has been state-run media. <laughs> <for> <laughs> absolutely. Okay. Um, Boy, has the bloom fallen off an at atros. Yeah. So here we go. Okay. So, all right, and for those of y'all who've forgotten, you know, uh, CJ's husband is Miro, formerly Rusev in WWE. And he has not been on TV for a while in AEW apparently, which yeah I was not keeping track of. But here we go. Wasn't he injured for a bit? I think so, but now, but according to what people said in my timeline, he's been he was cleared a while back. Um, Okay. Okay. So as the Perry was asked why she thinks AEW does not use Miro regularly on its programming, I have a lot of opinions about this. (laughs) (laughs) Tony Khan has a vision. At the end of the day. I think there's this illusion at AEW that the talent booked the show. That was definitely the conversation. Oh, you go there, you're going to basically become whatever you're made of. But at the end of the day, he's booking the show, and mm. it's really no different than WWE. It's just a different director and a different person's point of view. Okay, right, and here, here, here is here is the money line right here. Okay, Tony Khan has his favorites, and he's going to push the favorites, just like Vince would push his favorites, just like Hunter is going to push Ooh. his ouch. Ouch. it stinks. It, oh, it burns.
1: It burns. <laughs> it burns
0: us. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, buddy. How, how, how hard is that passage to read for some people?
2: And of course, she got in. In she was getting cooked in the replies and in the quotes on this. No oh god, the in. people
0: that cape for that company.
2: And yeah, I mean, oh look, you're just oh you're gonna make it bad for him like you did in WWE. You know, you need to be quiet. Um, you know, and there's a whole lot of that going on, in the quotes and replies. Um,
0: how much worse can it be? They're not even fucking using it. Yeah. You're sitting in catering. If at best, if worse, you're sitting at home.
2: Yeah. And um and so for me, you know, those of you people who swore up and down that this place was gonna be different, you're wrong. And <laughs> but more importantly, the wrestling media who were pumping that line for over two years, that it's different there. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, look, it's one thing if fans talk themselves into believing that, then that's their fault. If they fall for the Carney promoters bullshit, it's I mean, at this point, if you're if you're a smart fan and you're falling for a carny promoter bullshit, that's your fault also. OK, um, but the wrestling media people were they were pushing this line for a couple of years. It, it was oh, it was so different. Oh, their locker room doesn't have any problems. And, then, and then, oh, then, boy, has that turned to. But the best part about that is this year, when the problems came out into the public, some of these same wrestling journalists, what did they say? Oh, that's exactly what we were hearing a few months ago. Right. Well, then why didn't you tell us then? We, we knew all
0: along, whatever. Right? Mm-hmm. They knew they sat on it. They knew they sat on
2: it.
0: T- Tony Khan is living real life what Joe Gacy's gimmick is supposed to be. He's this freaking Kool-Aid salesman that brings in all these wayward children and tries to make everybody believe that his vision is the right vision.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just. Um, God damn the cocaine and the Kool-Aid. And No, but I guess yeah, I mean, my, my real vitriol is for the, the rest of the media folks who. Yeah. The ones who he invited. I mean, he invited them backstage to hang out and they knew what was going on. And so many of these folks, they sat on it, okay, and they and they knew it, and they sat on it for months. And then when it got out to the point where they couldn't cover it up anymore, then they were like, "Oh, well, that's exactly what we were hearing." I told you
0: guys months and months and months ago that I thought they knew what was really going on backstage, but they were afraid to drop a dime because they didn't want him to pull the, uh, you know, to to pull the key away from them. Because he opened the doors to them, like you just said. He's let them in, you know, he's let them in, taught them the secret handshake, and they're all afraid they're going to be disinvited to the party.
2: Right. And now now lose, that they... Lose their precious access. Yeah. And now now that the stuff has gotten out to the point where they can't hide it anymore, now they're trying to be actual reporters.
0: Yeah. M- meanwhile, the only actual journalist, what's his name, Ariel Hawani, Yeah. Yeah. He's out there asking the hard questions, and Tony Khan can't answer shit. And not just the stuff that legally he shouldn't be answering, but some of the more simple questions that Ariel was asking, stuff that are are not part of a legal, you know, ongoing legal issue, he should have been able to answer, and his answer was pretty much, well, I can't talk about that, or I don't want to talk about that. I'm just like, jackass. God, he he really is a wrestling promoter in the worst possible, you know, definition of that word.
2: Yeah. And, you know, and look, now Vince just didn't talk to anybody. No. And, you know, in a way I can kind of, I, look, I, yes, I know we're WWE fans mainly here, but I can respect you just not talking to me than then saying you're going to, telling me you're going to talk to me and then ducking and dodging.
0: Right.
1: Oh, you freeze you frees me so, out. Hey, well, you're the boss, so
0: okay. It just but, cracks me yeah. up that the stuff that everybody used to get so pissy about Vince over, you mm-hmm. know, pushing his favorites, only wanting this one, only wanting that one, the same shit is it's almost like this is the wrestling business, boys and girls. And the WWE and Vince McMahon were not an island in all this.
1: Remember when Tony Khan told said he wasn't gonna be an on-screen character?
0: Oh yeah. Would that last a month.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think it did like two. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And now, I mean, yeah. Tony's out here doing meet and greets. Oh yeah. We doing? What are we doing? What are we doing, man? Told us it was going to be different. Now. Yeah. You know, those of us who were cynical about these kind of things didn't believe it. <laughs> I mean, you know. no, I'm
0: pretty sure there was a podcast somewhere who told you guys, pay attention because the wrestling business is the wrestling business. And Hmm. we also told you that one day the wheels were going to come off the bus. And when the rubber meets the road, Tony Khan was not going to be able to take the heat. And here we are. Three and a half years later, it is absolutely falling apart at the seams. And while for the workers, I hate to see it because I was very excited about a place for people to go and get paid. Uh, And having a second place to go where they could make a comfortable living for themselves. It pisses me off that Tony Khan, as a singular person, makes me not even want to try and find and watch this show. I have not been shy at all about how I have absolutely no desire to watch AEW. I don't watch it beyond what little bit I see on the Internet. And he he singularly is the reason why at this point. It's not even the talent because there's a lot of talent on that show I would love to see. I'd love to see Keith Lee. I'd love to see Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see John Moxley. Uh, you know, I'd love to see what Sting's doing, just because I've said that on this show. What little bit I've seen from Sting. AEW is doing with Sting, what WWE should have been doing with Sting. So there are things that they're doing that I would be interested in watching and following. Tony Khan absolutely pulls me away from that. And, and as bad as Tony Khan, they're fans. Like the diehards, the people that came for him. I'm not talking about people like Brooklyn Ike who watch it, enjoy it, but also understand what's really going on over there. I, I would love to be a fan like Brooklyn Ike, but I can't. You know, it's I, I just it, they I can't watch it. Oh boy. I haven't had a Brooklyn Ike shout out in a minute, man. Yeah. yeah. I, I hope
2: he doesn't think we forgot we like I, I... Ike's a Ike's a brother to the show. Yes, he he is the original supporter of all of us. 1,000%. He he might be
1: since day one. I was going to say, as a unit, he might be our day one is H guy. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely, Brooklyn Ike. Yeah. Yeah. So shout out, Brooklyn Ike. Shout
0: out. Shout out.
2: So All right, one more last
0: little piece of business here. And this was something that I found I shared in the group chat. And I'm going to bring this up here and I'm going to credit Wrestling News. And we're going to play along here a little bit because I don't know how credible WrestlingNewsCo.com or Net, whatever they are. I don't know how credible they are as a Wrestling News source. But supposedly in the new year, a lot of the gimmick themed pay per views are going to be going away. And the most notable one is the Hell in the Cell as an event, not the match itself. But the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view is, quote, unquote, completely dead. And what I wanted to do here is kind of put our let's pretend hats on, pretend this is real news, because I want to get your opinions on this. If this actually ends up being legitimate and WWE is doing away with the pay-per-view themed gimmicks like Hell in a Cell, like Elimination Chamber, would you be okay with that as long as they kept the matches as an attraction on different pay-per-views? Jason, I'm going to start with you.
1: Absolutely. I'm totally fine with that, because then Hell in a Cell is, you know, supposed to be the most brutal way to settle a feud that we possibly have. It shouldn't be. We shouldn't, you know, start some feuds in like June, March, whatever, and then go, oh, this will be over in October. Because, you know, we're just building towards Hell in a Cell and it kind of just ruins the whole believability timeline. So that's number one. Uh, and then you just have more flexibility. Like, obviously, it, the, if okay, if you have a whole pay-per-view of Hell in a Cell matches, so you have maybe a wins and a women's, maybe even a third one, then that really lessens the impact if in, you know, February or, I don't know, June, again, somebody says, you, me, Bubba, Hell in a Cell. Well, it's like, oh, okay, that's cool, we're doing it, but we we see that every year. Now, if it's like a thing, like, oh, Hell in a Cell, wow, we haven't seen one of those in like 18 months, that's crazy. Um, So it can be an actual thing. The only one that I don't see going away, or at least maybe it won't have its own month, but it will definitely be announced far, far ahead of time as war games, and that's just because they lose so many seats when they build the damn, you know, thing.
0: Yeah, the double, the double ring, double cage—that has to be on
1: your calendar ahead of time.
0: Yeah. All right, Rob. What do you think? What are your thoughts on the? Like I said, we're we're going with this being actual news. Um, What are your thoughts?
2: Well, okay. So the the tricky thing about the gimmick pay per views is, like Jason said, is that you know, you know, after a year or two, you know, after a while, it's like again, the the feuds just conveniently start in time. For them to have the gimmick match at the gimmick pay per view, right? Um, and it just you know, and now that we know we we played along, I mean it's not, but it is kind of dumb. And also, I mean, particularly with Hell in a Cell, okay. So if you have a Hell in a Cell pay per view, now you can't just have one cell match like this year. They had because this year they Hell only had one, and then people were like, well, that's it, just one, right? And because at that point, like none of the, you know, none of the women's feuds at that point had reached that were going and you know had reached the that kind of level of where you would go in there, and so they didn't have one. And if but if you have the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, then you have to have multiple cell matches, or else people are going to be like, well, why why call it Hell in a Cell if you only have one? And which is a valid complaint, by the way. I'm not. You know, I'm not, for no, once, it's I'm not. not. For once, I'm no, not. No, it's not. Around. The the Royal Rumble. You ever okay. been to a pay per view called the Royal
1: Rumble? Wait, right. true. Um, I mean, up until recently, now there now there are two Royal Rumbles, but up right, until right, recently, you
0: you have of the of the 200 person roster, you have potentially 60 people now right. on the pay per view who otherwise wouldn't have been. True.
2: Right. Yeah, but, but um, look, I think getting rid of oh, Hell in a yeah. Cell as a pay per view is fine like as long as they keep the match because because like Jason was saying the match the match has more meaning if if it gets announced out of the blue or if it gets announced you know as you know because some feuds reach the high point in March or in September or whatever and so now you know you don't have to book feuds to meet to match up with the gimmick pay-per-view you don't have because when they got rid of TLC already but so now you, you don't have to book a feud to, to line up with Hell in a Cell, um, and now I do think now they're doing Elimination Chamber. That's already been announced, and for me, I think that's the one you keep as is because those matches have basically it, it's to determine something for WrestleMania, and yeah, and and to have an elimination kind of match. To determine a number one contender or determine who is going to be holding one of the titles going to wrestlemania to me that actually makes sense and the elimination chamber matches are not necessarily they're not feud centered right so you don't have to you know so you because you don't have six people who magically start beefing with each other you know the month before right you don't have that they never did that for elimination chamber it's always you know, the champion with five contenders or six contenders fighting to be who would be the number one contender. Um, that's how Elimination Chamber has always been. So I think that's probably why they're gonna keep that as is. That that's the one I would keep as is. But the rest and then, you know, they're like when I used to have TLC, right? So you have to have a certain number of TLC matches and then but now oh well, we also need to have a tables match, we also need to have a ladder match, we also need to have a chairs match, which is the stupidest thing, right? Um
0: no, but, they won even further one year. They had tables and ladders and chairs and stairs.
2: Oh, yeah, my. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, and that's awful. I mean, it's just too, it's too stupid. All right. Yeah. I mean, that. I mean, we we got to have a chairs match. Like, eh, it's just dumb. And you know, we got to have a tables match for these people. That, you know, no. I mean, it just got too stupid. Yeah. Um, so and then and look to me, getting real TLC was a good call because February is. Look, February is mail end time, you know, other than, I mean, they do the holiday tour, but other than that, you know, and, you know, we should be happy about that, because, I mean, you don't want these folks overworked in December, for crying out loud. Um, yeah. And also, I mean, so for me, look, it's fine. Keep, you know, obviously, they're keeping the Royal Rumble, keep Elimination Chamber for the reasons I said, but, no, we don't, at this point, we don't need a hell-in-the-cell pay-per-view and we don't need a tlc pay-per-view um we probably don't need an extreme rules pay-per-view look i mean unless you're gonna if you're gonna do it in philly every year you know because that's ecw country i mean okay but we don't have to do that either um you know um i mean and especially since like i mean they're not going to be doing one pay-per-view exactly every month yeah. It, so I think that was some of the rationale is That well, if we're going to do one of these every month, we can't just have you know a "quote unquote" regular one every month. But they're not doing one exactly every month now, and it's gotten to the point where I think they serve the purpose, and I think it's they that purpose has moved on, and it works for me.
0: Yeah, I, I'm on board with you guys. I think uh, you know the Hell in the Cell as a match should be an attraction. Like, when I think back to some of the, you know, my favorite Hell in the Cell matches, obviously, Sean and Taker in the first one. uh, Taker and Mankind in the one that mattered. uh, And and one of my more modern favorites, uh, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. Um, Although the finish was shit, um, with with The Fiend being involved against one of those ones, man, Seth can't escape the bullshit finish in the Hell in the Cell. (laughs) But, again, like the other Hell in the Cell match, and nobody wants to have this discussion... The match was great up until the finish, Um, but it felt like an attraction, and it was definitively the match to end the feud. Like, we're ending this year, either I'm going to kill you or you're going to kill me, and that was the theme of the match, and that's what the Hell in the Cell match should be. The other thing that it eliminates when you only have one Hell in the Cell match per -per pay-per-view it takes the pressure off the other cell match. It takes the pressure off the combatants to try and one up another, the other one, because at the end of the day, you end up comparing, okay, was this hell in the cell match better than this hell in the cell match? Well, the reality was they were both really good, but now there's no pressure for some, well, they're going to go. And, you know, these guys are going to fall off the side of a cage or what are we going to do to make our stand out? You know, and, and, and how do you top that? Like, Really, how do you top when you're latched onto the side of the cage 15 feet in the air and you both take that table bump and you're the first cell match? How are you following that? And it's not even how you follow it, because if the other match was first. What did they offer if you guys were already booked to do the big the big spot? So it really takes the pressure off that. And it, it to me, that always lessened the punch of the. What was otherwise a good match? There was one a couple of years ago. It was the last Hell in the Cell match that um, John Cena and Randy Orton had. And it was realistically, it was a fight inside the cage. It, like it really was a fight inside the cell. They used the environment very little. They used the steps a couple of times. There were a couple other little things. But that match falls below a lot of radars because, and I forget what the other match was on the card, but the other match was like a car crash. And for those types of people, that's what they remember is the car crash. Me, I remember John Cena and Randy Orton having a dogfight in Hell in the Cell. And it flew below a lot of radars. Bray
1: Wyatt and Roman Reigns also had a really good one. And that was a blow off to their feud. And it was perfect.
0: Yes, that was. And again, when I think about when people sit there and complain about how much of a worker Bray Wyatt is not. I think about the work that he did with Roman Reigns, and it was absolutely brilliant stuff, and I'm not even going to get – I'm not going to go down the Bray Wyatt Road tonight. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there will be plenty of opportunities to travel that path. Tonight is not the night. So, guys, I'm good If we want if we want to take it home now, unless you guys have got something else you want to add.
2: I don't think so. No.
0: All right. Well, we'll wrap back around the room here. I'm going to say thank you and good night. Like I always do to my co hosts Jason, sir. Awesome show tonight.
1: Friends. It's been a wonderful time.
0: Yep. And from the Rob, the genius podcast, Mr. Rob, sir.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Good time tonight. Oh, I forgot to mention next week. I'm going behind enemy lines next week. Uh -uh. Oh, Uh, that's right. right.
0: We're going to yes. have some boots on the ground. What
2: what day is that show, Rob? It's Tuesday, uh, Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday night. I'm going. <laughs> so you're going to Dynamite? <laughs> yes. and Ah. Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, so we we we're, we're might have, have, to have to move to, on, on recording, recording day. to Thursday night.
2: Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah,
0: we'll Wednesday. do that. We'll pencil that yeah, we'll in. Do we'll that. do record. We we'll usually record on Wednesdays. Rob is going to have boots on the ground from AEW Dynamite. I'm going to have boots on the ground from another NXT house show this past or this coming weekend. Um, just, you know, we've got that going on, uh, going to be an interesting show next week uh, interesting <laughs> perspective from, uh, from the enemy camp. Um, maybe, maybe being there live, because live wrestling shows are different than oh yeah yeah watching it on TV. And maybe your experience with a live show will be different than watching it on TV. Maybe you'll enjoy it more.
2: Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and look, I have a nice ring of honor shirt to wear there. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be one of those people that wears, you know, Oh, um, boo! Oh, <laughs> oh boy, you want me to wear? You want me to wear a, Boo! You want me to wear a Bloodline shirt in there? <laughs> Jason, we need him. Hell oh, yeah! With uh,
1: hold on, I've been to way too many WWE shows to see way too many Bullet Club shirts and stuff <laughs> like that. So if if I gotta take that medicine, you gotta take yours. You you. Yeah, people. but
0: Jason, we want him to come back
2: alive.
1: Uh, <laughs> that's true. Oh, <laughs> Rob, please! They can't fight. They look at Robin. Turn or two tail and run. Yeah,
2: look, I think this is this is one of the places I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, this this is not the ECW arena. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> oh
0: All right. Well, as always, I am your host, the man with the award-winning beard. My name is DJ. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Remember, you can call it Bro wrestling, you can call it sports entertainment, you can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring. We're out of here till next week.